0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, John Eldridge challenges you to start moving mountains with your prayers. If you look at the crisis, your faith will fail.
1: Where are you looking when you're praying? If you turn your attention to God and you suddenly realize, oh, like you can totally handle this, like you have all the resources that we need, your faith will rise, Mm -hmm. right? And your prayers will become much more passionate and confident and full of authority.
2: a rowdy bunch. We've got a lot of guys here. Right. You want to welcome our viewers? Thank you so
1: much for joining us on Live Today. I'm Betty
2: and this is James. John Eldridge <laughs> is back with us. You know, years yeah. ago he wrote Wild at Heart and it really helped a lot of not only men understand their tendency to have wild hearts, uh, but their wives to understand them. And that uh, boys uh, being a little bit different as boys is okay and guys and not trying to justify wrong for one second. John never did that. But John Eldridge wrote Wild at Heart. It helped a lot of men and a lot of women to understand each other better. Now, this is a book and I'm opening it up, looking at the table of contents. John has just released it just in the bookstores. Moving Mountains is talking about the power of prayer. And his little subheading is praying with passion, with confidence and authority. And praying in the authority the Lord gives us. And uh, we're going to touch on some of the chapters, but uh, he did a program earlier this week. You might want to go online, kind of backtrack and look at it after you see this one. And uh, encourage others to watch because prayer power is indescribable. It is as big and powerful as God being released and prayer moves God. It always moves us. Sometimes it in fact moves mountains. Mm-hmm. Would you welcome John Eldridge to like Today? <laughs> John today, you, you. you both use. Okay. One of one of the uh, men here just a while ago before we came on there said that he he found that when he and his wife started praying together, mm-hmm. that it just it just changed everything. It was like it, it Mm. remove mountains, Mm -hmm. potential obstacles. And that when they talk to couples, and he's a a layman, he's a businessman, and he and his wife uh, really try to help people, but they said when they talk to him, and you know, they can tell they got some tension, he says he always asks, how is your prayer life? And he's talking about as a couple. How important is it for people to pray together in their marriage?
1: Okay, it's so important that we discourage single couples from praying together. Because the intimacy that takes place when the two of you begin uniting together in prayer, like if you're not married, you probably shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> okay, because the the, the There's a trust factor and, there that could be dangerous. Yeah. Right. L- literally. Exactly right. It it builds a kind of intimacy that you, you long to see in marriage, and it's enormously powerful. Like, I, I, I just want a banner that just says prayer works. Like, yeah. it actually gets things done. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that you do because it's religious or something that makes you feel better because you did it. Prayer changes things. You get a husband and wife... Agreeing together in prayer over their kids over their finances over their future decision making. I mean it changes everything
2: So that's, that's your question up there in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Okay, John you you really excited our, our audience when you talked about The power of prayer and yeah. really having a an intimacy with the Lord yeah. But also intervention where you're praying for something, you know Anybody that's around me long will know that that I don't think it's too late for our nation to come back to the shelter and shadow of Almighty God. I don't think it's too late for God to heal our nation. I don't think anyone here questions we need healing. When you watch all these presidential candidates literally in some ways making fools of themselves, trying to make the other person look like a fool, they make themselves look like a fool. And it just gets so exasperating. Uh, many of you say, oh, I knew politics was dirty and now this settles it. So I'm getting away from it, don't dare. Because I promise you those who do not love God, those who would be very anti-God, anti-biblical, anti-freedom foundation people, those people will never stop. And they will literally take over right now if we just get frustrated And move out. If we'd get on our knees and start praying, God said, if we, His people, will really pray, He said, He will heal our land. We turn from our wicked ways, we come in humility. John, prayer moves mountains. That's what you're saying. How important for us to pray for a very sick, defeated, divided nation!
1: it's It's the only hope. Prayer is the only hope at this point. I mean, I think people realize that politics will not heal the nation, that the culture cannot heal itself. It's too divided at this point. I mean, we're, we barely have enough unanimity to be a democracy anymore, right? We, we don't even share our common values. How do you build a country at this state of collapse? But invoking the kingdom? right? I mean, Jesus gives you the wildest recipe for prayer. We've heard it so many times, we don't hear it anymore, right? It be, we, it, we become numb to it. He says, I want you to invoke the kingdom of God onto the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Where? on earth this isn't like and actually in us exactly yeah Yeah, he's not saying pray that i will return now we do pray that and that's the last prayer the church is praying in (laughs) revelation right we'll get to that in a minute but this prayer is invoking the kingdom of god into the disease of the earth now into this situation into this situation Mm -hmm. incredibly powerful so get on with it. Right, okay, so I, 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 here's a really big idea that I think, I think will help people with their prayer life. Prayer is not just begging God to do something and waiting to see whether or not he chooses to do it, okay? Prayer is partnership with God. In Acts chapter 9, the famous story of Saul on the road to Damascus, okay? This man is a murderous Pharisee, okay, he's literally killing Christians, okay, so this is, this is real stuff, this is present-day persecution, okay, Jesus thwarts him on the road, introduces himself to him, but remember, he also blinds him, Saul goes into Damascus, he's lost his sight, here's where the story gets delicious, <laughs> he, the next account is Jesus talking to one of his friends In Damascus, it says there's this guy named Ananias and the Lord said to him, I want you to go pray for, pray for Saul, who's going to become the apostle Paul, that he get his sight back. I love what happens. Ananias goes, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Like, hang on a second. Okay, you understand he's here to arrest us and probably martyr us. Okay, Jesus no, it's all right. It's going to be okay. I want you to go pray for him. Now, again, like we were talking about with Elijah on the mountain, Jesus could just give Saul back his sight. Why does he choose to use Ananias' prayers? Because prayer is not just asking God. Prayer is partnership with God. We get to be his allies, his ambassadors, his co-workers here on the earth. And just letting that begin to shift our understanding. It's not just, oh, please, and then wait, right? Mm-hmm. It's what are you doing? How should I pray? What what does this situation need? And then together, you're, you're working with God and praying into a situation, you're gonna see things happen. I
2: believe that with all my heart. That's huge. And you know, it's it's really where I've I've chosen to live. A lot of people know that I, as I said a minute ago, I care about the country. And, and I've made it very clear that as a minister and a representative of the gospel and the word of God, I don't endorse political parties. I don't endorse candidates. I endorse principles, biblical truth, undeniable, historically confirmed fact of what actually happens. And I point people, as a result of it, all the candidates seem willing to hear me. Yeah. And I'm going to speak unadulterated truth to every one of them. I'm going to speak boldly and I'm going to pray far and with them. But I'm going to speak into their lives and they're all willing to listen. Right. Because I haven't chosen one and left them out. And the people who may like this candidate or that candidate, they still listen too. Because they say, James is trying to help us. So this is the way I pray. Does it make sense that if the church would pray for all who are seeking leadership positions, would pray that they would hear wisdom, that we might be able to make a bigger impact? And this is what I say to all my pastor and Christian friends. But I also understand you work Mm -hmm. for somebody you believe in. Just don't divide to the point Mm -hmm. that you refuse to ever see. Maybe it's going a different Mm -hmm. way. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the way you saw it at first. So that we can really pray for wherever it seems, the momentum, or the nomination, or the election goes, so we can really pray and impact these people with truth. Now, that's what my prayer life has led me to do. Does that sound like it might be in line with the heart of Father God, and the one who wrote the word, and the one who invited us to prayer? You just need to tell me, man of prayer who writes a book on prayer, (laughs) and you're teaching us to pray, is it okay where I'm tracking? Do you think maybe I'm in touch? I just need to know. Yeah, maybe. Tell me the truth. (laughs)
1: Yeah, James, what what you're doing is you are first seeking the heart of God and then you're bringing it into a situation, right? Those are very, very powerful prayers. That's different than the wish list approach to prayer, Mm -hmm. right? Like I just want this and I want that kind of of Christmas list pray, right? right? You're seeking his heart. Oh, I want to know his will and his heart. You're Mm -hmm. seeking his will and then you are praying that into a situation. So now you are partnering with God. Here's something else that will really help. Really help your viewers. Because when they look at the country or or they look at, you know, the starving uh, children over in Africa, if you look at the crisis, your faith will fail. Where are you looking when you're praying? If you'll turn your attention to the drama or the checkbook or the broken relationship, you turn your attention to God. Mm-hmm. You look, right? Let us fix our He's eyes he is on Jesus. He the source.
2: Pharaoh's not.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. If you turn your attention to God and you suddenly realize, oh, you, like you can totally handle this. Like you have all the resources that we need. He wants to help us with all our challenges. Your faith will rise, mm-hmm. right? And your prayers will become much more passionate and confident and full of authority, right. right? So where are you looking when you're praying? Don't look at the train wreck. Look at God. Or something that reminds you of God, the natural world. I have world. no problem doing that. You don't even have
2: to encourage me to do that. It's like breathing. Yeah. You know, it's like some right. people say, How do you forgive somebody? How do I not forgive them? Yeah. Forgiveness lives in me. Right. They hurt you. They did it on purpose. Don't yeah. you care? Sure, I care. Did it hurt? Sure, it did. I can't not forgive. Does that right. make sense? <laughs> There's someone living in me that's exactly. a forgiver. I mean, excuse me, but I can't exactly. help it. i got to forgive you, yeah. okay? Right. You cross me up, <laughs> I'm going to forgive you, okay?
1: Yeah.
2: It's just there. I'm you, yeah. It's a glorious way to know that's there. It and is. it's not me because I'll punch him out. I'm not kind of guy. I'll punch
1: him <laughs> out. Yeah. 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 Here's, a, here's a beautiful story of forgiveness in prayer that has a surprising angle. I was uh, in my office last week. I had some time, just some space. And so I said, Jesus, what do I need right now from you? And what I heard him say was forgiveness. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you know. And most Christians immediately go to like a guilt thing, right? Oh, you know. And I said, "Um, who's forgiving? Like what? And he said, you need to forgive yourself. I'm like, whoa, you're getting a little too close here. Over what? And I have this whole perfectionist thing in my history and straight-A student and all of that driven thing. And he said that, that you are not... Perfect all the time everywhere in every situation you you need you need grace towards yourself now I would never have prayed that mm-hmm. had it not been for the intimacy for the conversation sure. had it not been for the openness of Teach us to pray Right you could have been heaping
2: a spirit of failure on yourself put yourself down. so quickly. Yeah.
1: Yeah outside of that
2: Well, that may seem like a minor thing, you know to you or to you, but it's not You know, we just don't need to let that thing build up because I I can find so many reasons for God not to pick me. I used to insult him. He once said, quit insulting me. I chose you because I wanted you. I know it's the bottom of the barrel, but I chose you because I wanted you. You have the bottom of the barrel. You know, the point is, quit putting ourselves down. Yeah. Yeah, He's worthy. It's not us.
1: Okay, so false humility might be the number one thing that cuts Christians' prayers off at the knees. Okay, so you understand Ephesians 2, 6. You have been raised with Christ and seated with him at the right hand of the Father. Mm -hmm. You have the authority of Jesus Christ, right? Now, use it in (laughs) prayer, like invoke it, operate Mm -hmm. in his authority Mm -hmm. and this false humility that's like, oh God, I'm I'm so sorry, I'm bothering you right now. I, I just ask if you could possibly do a couple things that's not the kind of prayers you see in the New Testament. It's not the way Jesus prays, not the way Paul prays, not the way the early church prays. Like, they pray from a place of authority. So if you just, you just pause your prayer for a moment and go, I have the authority of Jesus Christ. I just need to repeat that. I have the authority of Jesus Christ. Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the evil one. All right, so I'm going to pray from that place rather than from fear, worry, false humility, self-hatred, you know, whatever that other stuff is, right? That'll change your prayer life. Yeah, y'all getting what he's saying? You You know what occurred to me
2: right then while you were talking? We see the things in highly visible people that obviously don't seem to line up with basic scriptural wisdom or knowledge. Tony Evans says hope does not arrive in town on Air Force One. There's no candidate or president or congressman or leader that can correct our ills. It's only the move of God on individual hearts and lives. What if when we know there's so many things that are obviously out of sync with leaders, what if in authority, John, we just say, God, if you could change Saul of Tarsus. Exactly. Who was set out to destroy the church and make him the greatest example in history of yep. Christ in a man and a man in Christ. Yep. What could God do with the people exactly. who are running for high offices in the land if we'd pray God change them? See, we don't have to, we can point out things that are inconsistent. Mm-hmm. We can point out things that could be problematic. But well, what if we, in addition to recognizing that, just all of us who are watching right now and all of us here would just say, God, and you just right where you are, John, Father, Every person who seeks to lead, every person who desires to lead for whatever reason, we don't know their heart. They may be very sincere thinking they're really going to help. But Lord, whatever it is and whatever is wrong and out of place, arrogance or pride or a haughty spirit or some kind of a spirit of anger or Rage, or hurt or damage or vainglory or self-serving or self-seeking or lack of intelligence or lack of wisdom, whatever's there, Almighty God, as you met Saul of Tarsus on the Damascus Road, would you move in mighty power on every candidate seeking an office and transform, change, impact all who seek leadership roles. Let them have a divine encounter for your glory and your praise and your honor and the healing of our land. In Jesus' name. Could you say amen to that prayer? Would you agree with that prayer? Do you think that's what we need to pray? John, I just felt impressed to pray that because we do have that authority. I want to thank you for writing the book. Do you think if people would just get in what you shared here, that it'll give them
1: some insight. You say we need to learn more about how to pray. You think they'll get it with what you share. It'll actually teach you how to pray. It's very, very instructional. How do you consecrate a home, for example? How do you make your home a holy place? How do you pray for guidance? How do you pray for physical healing? The Bible's very instructive on these things. It gives us all kinds of examples, right? If we would simply learn our lessons, right? Teach us, how does healing prayer work, right? How does praying for a neighbor, So, I think it'll be enormously helpful.
2: Well, it's in the bookstores. You can get it online. I hope you will. You want to say thanks to John for writing the book. John, we love you and appreciate you. And you know, you've been a friend of our ministry. You prayed for us, you've sown seed into our ministry Mm -hmm. to help us because you believe it bears good fruit. I see it. And all of you who watch, you are sowing seeds of love, you are giving life not just in word only, Betty, but in deed. And I want you to listen to our missionary overseer as he shows you an opportunity to make all the difference one could ever hope for. You are honestly the miracle someone hopes for today. You watch, you'll see, and I believe you will
3: be the miracle. I have to say, when I walked into the clinic today and I saw Pedro, my heart was just broken. Malnutrition has been known as the silent killer. Uh, It seems to slip into a society unbeknown, and the next thing they know, they can't find food. And they all seem hopeless. A silent killer is responsible for the look of quiet desperation on each of these African mothers' faces. This killer has robbed them of their joy and left them with a feeling of hopelessness. I saw Pedro's mother. You could almost see in her eyes, wondering, is there any hope? Is hope running out for my
0: child? (laughs)
3: The silent killer that is stealing their children's lives is called malnutrition. Malnutrition can greatly compromise a child's immune system, making them more vulnerable to infectious diseases. And as their condition worsens, signs of severe malnutrition can be seen in their discolored hair, skin rashes, frail bodies, and in time the child will lapse into a coma and eventually die. Without food, these children will not survive. They're not wondering, "Are what are they going to eat tomorrow?" They're wondering, "Are they going to eat tomorrow?" So mission feeding is critical. Your generous gift will save a life in this part of the world.
2: You well, know, I can actually say, Ralph, that. Our gifts will save many lives. Ralph uh, Doan has gone all over the world with life outreach, hearing the heart cry, not only of desperate family members, behalf of children, but missionaries and relief workers saying, these people are so precious. You know, Betty, you and I pray for our nation and the nations of the world to have the wisdom of God. One of the things I'm praying for here in the United States, just so you'll know, and I'm only praying for it. I put feet to my prayers and and try to address the people that can make the difference. I want the people who create wealth, who create jobs and opportunity and who meet needs, create things that we need or we want. I want those great minds and what we would call an entrepreneurial gift of creating incredible things. I want that mindset to focus not on just doling out the tax dollars and say, did it. And then that's doled out without any real love or compassion connection. I want to see the blessed focus their attention on blessing where they're suffering and loss and pain, not just a handout, but lifting them up with the wisdom and insight God's given you. So this is what happens on the mission field. This is why we actually see nations totally beginning to change because love transforms. So when you put the ability to feed in the hands of those missionaries full of God and God's love, you are releasing a river of life. I mean, it's amazing to watch. And we don't teach them to be dependent. We teach them when you get healthy, now you can go to work and you can grow crops. You can be successful. Many of the children whose lives we've saved now serve in official places in cities as leaders. Some are professors and colleges and teachers. And we helped inspire the feeding stations at the schools all over the remote parts of the world. And the World Food Program adopted that because they saw it work. So what you're doing is transforming lives. That's what love does. Right now, if you'll reach out and say, I'm going to help feed those kids, we've got 400,000 of them right now that are in need that we're prepared to feed if you'll give us the resources to do it. You just give the missionaries food. Here's what we're asking you to do. Go online or dial that number, take your bank card and make the largest gift of love you can. 30, 50 or $100, and this is exactly what he can do, will feed children, $30, 50, 100, three, five or 10 children for the next months. That's amazing, but love does. And it changes everything. And then think of this, a few of our friends said, we're gonna match what you give. For the first 50,000 children that we touch, we're gonna match it, which means as you give, what you give will be doubled in its impact. So would you go please right now in love and in prayer, lifetoday.org or dial that number. It's always there if you need someone to pray with you and agree with you. But right now you're going to be an answer to prayer. Make the best gift you can and thank God it will be matched by love. And the number you reach will be doubled today. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for making that gift.
0: In remote and impoverished areas of Angola, Africa, families are suffering, crops have failed. There is no food, and those hit the hardest are the children. In response to this crisis, Life Outreach has received a 50,000 children challenge that with your help will feed and minister to 100,000 children over the next few months. With previous food reserves gone and Angola facing a severe food shortage due to crop failure, this challenge could not have come at a better time to help replenish supplies for the feeding programs touching the lives of children across Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. The 50,000 Children Challenge means more children can be saved and your gift will have a double impact, helping to feed twice as many children. Your gift of $30 to help feed three children will now be double to help feed six children. Gifts of $50 to help feed five children will be double to help save 10. And gifts of $100 for 10 children will be double to help feed and care for 20 children. And with a gift of $1,000 or more, you can double your impact to help feed 200 children and also request the Majesty Bronze Sculpture featuring a beautiful buck in regal stance, reflecting God's presence and majesty in all the earth. Please call the number seen here, Write Life, or go online today to lifetoday.org and make your life-saving double impact gift today.
2: You know, I want to thank you for helping these precious children and their families. And I want to thank you for joining me in prayer for our nation. Because our nation is starving in many ways for the truth that we so desperately need. For the life and the love, the compassion. Thanks for praying with us. If you'd like to have John Eldridge's book, you can go to the bookstores, you can go online. But if you've helped us reach out and feed some precious child, those who are hungry and you'd just like to have it, just ask for it today. And we'll be glad to send it to you, just to say thanks and encourage you in your prayer life. Would you join Betty and me again saying thanks to John Edwards, John. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank, 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 Thank all of you. I hope you visit the stream, stream.org. Make it your homepage.
0: Ambassadors for Life are people like you who see need in the world and want to do something about it. Contact us to start a fundraiser today and change someone's future. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.